winter. I hate a storm. Hell Marys, I make it poor. Good, I ain't lying. You little giants, we been defying. Rice. What's the cost? Be the boss, breaking down the walls. We all in once the coin guitars. Got the kind of action, never acting. No need to scramble to get traction. We make it happen. From three fours to four three. The founder of Slapdick Podcast, Slapdick uh, Whiskey, Slapdick Cigars, and the author of uh, Hit Me Now, Love Me Later. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Jason Brown. Straight, no chaser, real raw and uncut. Coach, every time you come on, I laugh, I learn something, and then I fear that somebody's going to be incredibly pissed off with what you said. All around hustler. Make no mistake about it. I've done this a long time. Try to eliminate this soft society we have. There's legends roaming Hate me now, love me later, like my book says. This was presented by Slapdick Whiskey. Hey, Hell yeah. yeah Slapdick yeah. Whiskey's good, so are the Stogies. Some real talk, real good flavor on these things, and the burn is excellent. Beautiful burn. Okay. Yes, sir. Slapdick Whiskey, Slapdick Cigars. Be true to yourself and see if, if if some shit changes for the for the worse or for the better. They asked me to do a podcast. They said let's call it the Slapdick Podcast. It is the Menace Takeover here on the Real Coach JB's channel. Hate me now, love me later. We are here for this, man. After being with Coach JB, I mean, he's been on my show. I've been on his show several times over the last couple years. And so he hit me up. was like, hey, man, I got to go on this trip. Like, you interested in doing a little crossover takeover? And I was like, man, I am here for it. So I had to bring my boy in. For those of you in the Coach JB world who don't know Chris Drew, he is my co-host on our show, Menace to Sports. If you want to check it out, it's on YouTube. Um, we we fry him for his hair. <laughs> we fry him in the chat, so feel free to fry him all day, every day. But I know we got a, a quick word from one of uh, JB's sponsors that we want to roll right now before we get started. So let's get that sponsorship out of the way. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. With training camp right around the corner, Bet Online has opened up odds for team wins, division futures, and of course, the Super Bowl. Head on over to the website, betonline.ag. Use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Well, there you have it. Bet online. And I know there's a lot of uh, sports books out there, but Bet Online is one that's well respected. They've never advertised on my show, but uh, I've heard about them. So it's it's obviously a, a good good option for those of you that want to throw a little cashish on a game. Um, and if you're interested, shoot, we have a handicapping service at, at Menace to Picks. If you want to check it out, patreon.com forward slash menace to picks, where you can shoot, you can get your picks, get your advice, go over to, to Bet Online, put in your parlays, whatever you do, and go make it pop. But anyways, Chris, introduce yourself, man. These people don't know you. You're just a, a kid from the 330, Akron, Ohio. Stand up. Oh, yeah, I'm way out the way. So I'm Chris Drew. I work uh, I work for Zach on the menace side. I'm an intern. I just help uh, help Zach put things together and also help Zach not to get canceled. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I'm, uh, I've, I've done a bad job at all three of those things. But I really do appreciate JB for letting us uh, listen to the menace takeover. But Zach, dog, like in honor of JB, you know, he threw this on you the other day. You didn't – you. Didn't quite get what you wanted to get out there. And JB loves his top five, so there'll be plenty of top fives during this show. 
but he asked you just off the rip your top five side chicks. So he asked me, and the only one I could come up with is Megan Fox, because Megan Fox to me is just a smoke show. And I know JB and I differ a little bit. I got that white guy energy, I guess. I it's not that I don't like a little thickness, but but I, I go a little a little more fit, maybe. Not even <laughs> fit, just a little more slender. But I got I, I got my list for you, Chris. And right, I'm bet, interested in your thoughts as a black man. Bet, bet, bet. You, so my, my list is Megan Fox is still one. And I don't know how to say my number two's name, but uh, Gal Gadot, I think is her name, whatever. She's from Wonder Woman. I've watched mm -hmm. the, the movie with my daughter, and she is smoke <laughs> show. And then Rihanna's on my list for sure. Adriana Lima and Emily Ratajkowski are my top five. And I don't know about side chicks. Like, that's where he caught me off guard. Like, is this girls that were side chicks, or is mm -hmm. this girls that could be my side chick? Or is this just chicks I want to hit? I don't know. So the, the, the list differs depending on which qualification it is. But that's my top five. Like, I get a free pass on all five of those. Well, I think you're good on, on, on two. I think because Megan Fox was a side chick at some point as well. She was MGK's side chick for a little bit. And I know that from the alternative world. And then I know Rihanna was a side chick there for a sec too. Um, just uh, just while I'm spilling beans. But no, I like I like your list. That's that's nice. I would have thrown Ash Cash on mine. But I don't know if you know who that is, but it doesn't even matter. Ash Cash. It don't even matter. <laughs> it <laughs> does not even matter. All right, Zach. I want to get into it, bro. I was going to ask you about Leah Thomas. I don't know if you want to hit it an hour later. You kind of rolled your eyes at me before, but uh, but buddy got a. I'm just done talking about this guy, <laughs> and it's just it's it's criminal what what what's going on in sports today. It's like what the fuck are we doing, right? I watched Abby Steiner at Kentucky just ripping off 200 meter records, all the shit she's done, all all the women that are accomplished in sports, and this fucking man that is participating in women's sports is going to take the shine away from women. And my question is to the chat to the the coach jb nation like at yeah. what point are we gonna have the battle royale like the ufc fight like the feminist <laughs> versus the transgender activist like that's where we're headed right at some point all these feminists are just quiet like not saying shit and you're like where are you at you're so powerful when when it's about abortion right you're so power nice. so so vocal when it, a man does something that's sexist so vocal but now a transgender is taking all this from women. And where the fuck are the feminists at? Yeah. Like, it, feminist nation, stand up. Please. It does feel crazy to win woman of the year. I just, I don't know. That just, that kind of bugs me. Because my, my sister's been a woman for a long time. I, I would love for her like to win her woman life, of the year. Maybe? Yes. Yes, something like that. Well, but I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? All right, Zach, I'm starting the NFL world, man. Um, I was doing a lot of talk and thinking about some busts. Obviously, like, I'm from Ohio. Uh, you're from Ohio. We we kind of root for the Browns, quote unquote, and and we've seen all the all the nonsense with the Browns. And we see we Baker Mayfield, hot topic. Is he good? Can he play? Can he not play? Um, kind of the, the term "bus" is is getting floated around with Baker Mayfield. Zach, I want to ask you, dog. You consider Baker Mayfield a bust? Well, you can't. I don't think you can be a bust till till the story is finished being written, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what Baker's done. Is has been bust ish, right? He's on a bust path. He's on the road to bust city, but he has a chance for redemption here. I mean, all the shit that's discussed in Brown's Nation or dog country, whatever the dog yeah. pound, whatever you want to call dog it, pound. you know, pound. that he was hurt, all these different coordinators, all this other bullshit. And he had that one year where he looked decent. He so off. he's got a chance. He's got a chance to go to Carolina and rewrite his story, right? We've mm -hmm. seen it. Alex Smith was a bust. And then he went to Kansas City and he, he was never. He never lived up to the number one overall right. pick, but he 
he turns out he wasn't really that big of a bust. Played for as long as he played, did well in KC until they brought in a kid named Patty Mahomes. So I think he's got a chance to to still to rewrite it. The narrative. I mean, shit, Drew Brees, bro. That's a big one. Drew Brees almost had identical stats to Baker Mayfield. He was in San Diego, busted up the shoulder. San Diego said, "We don't want you anymore." And then, uh, and then he went over to you know, obviously the Saints and kind of changed history forever. But I, I kind of want to stay on that because like. The narrative of bust keeps getting blown up and tossed around there a lot. I want to ask you because Marcus Mariota, who's a quiet kid, who's a kid that was a number two overall pick, not a ton of talk about him. But Zach hasn't hasn't he been a bust? I mean, he, along the same lines, but the, I think it comes down to personality. Like you look mm-hmm. at guys like Johnny Manziel, like so flamboyant. I mean, he was a late first round draft pick. Was he really a bust? Exactly. Everyone knew what he was going to be, right? But he was such an asshole and such a personality. That when he failed, people were like, ha, bust, you suck. Because <laughs> there was that, like, hate me now, love me later, right? To, to steal Coach JB's little coin phrase. It's just, it's easy to hate Baker Mayfield with all mm-hmm. his stupid-ass fucking insurance commercials, planting the flag at Ohio State. Like, if you don't love Baker, it's yeah. easy to hate him. And when he's, when he's not having success, everyone is quick to just jump on and talk about he's a bust, right? Yeah. That's why, like, a guy like Jamarcus Russell, quiet, fat, lazy, like, yeah, he was a bust, but no one really mm-hmm. throws it in his face. Not anymore, because well, like, he yeah. kind of accepted it. He kind of yeah, came out yeah. and said, I'm a fucking he, bust, yeah, but I'm the biggest he's a motherfucking bust, bust ever. And nobody like, hates Jamarcus Russell. Like, he's mm-hmm. not a bad guy. He just liked Doritos and Xbox. Like, <laughs> okay, does Fact. that make him a bad guy? So do I. I like Doritos. I don't play Xbox, but I would love to do it and make millions like mm-hmm. he did. Like, it's just, there's a hateability here for Baker. Yeah that people just don't like him. Unless I, think you hate, love him. I think hateability is the big one. Like, like yeah. if a guy's hateable, because I mean, I, I would argue that like the, the same people are throwing around the bust word uh, with Baker Mayfield. I mean, Tim Tebow was a first round draft pick as well. He won a playoff game, just like Marcus Mariota and Baker Mayfield. And yet he's not really labeled as a bust. He's kind of labeled as like, Oh, a great college quarterback kind of ends and, there. And, and I would contend that Tebow and, and Johnny Manziel were similar in mm-hmm. outside of the the antics, the off yeah. the field bullshit, because Tebow and Johnny Manziel were late first round picks. That was probably a reach when the Browns drafted Manziel in the first round. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing as a Browns mm. fan? Right. Both were a reach. Both had a, a multitude of red flags. Same, Scouts right. that said they didn't think they could play in the NFL. Their throwing motion, the way they play the game, their style of play, everything was they were going to be a bust. Right. And both ended up being a bust. But it's not thrown in Tim Tebow's face shit. He's on TV. People still like him mm-hmm. because there's not a lot to hate about Tim Tebow. The only thing people hate about Tim Tebow is he's too Christian, too Christian, like too high quality of a person. Like he loves God too much. <laughs> like People yeah. hate him because he loves God. It is kind of the oddest hatred. Okay. So you, so you played Baker Mayfield twice and I see my guy Joe in there. Oh, what's up, oh, JV? JV in the house, man. What up? What up, man? I didn't know I was in. I thought I was in the waiting room or something. No, it's your show, big dog. <laughs> oh, nah, man. I appreciate you guys, man. Shit. Hell yeah. So, hey, JB, we were just talking about Baker Mayfield, right? And how he's on the road to becoming a bust, right? And why is it that there's a, this, this desire, this passion to label him a bust, but a guy like, I don't know, Marcus Mariota, he was pretty much a bust, but no one talks no one calls shit and throws it, it yeah. in his face. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, hey, I'm the biggest baker hater there is I, not a hater i just I, I just don't think he has that it factor but I, i'm i'm right with you mariota has been garbage i mean i don't 
I don't know what he's done, and I don't see him lasting this year as a starter either. I, no. I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, but I don't but know. But you don't hate him, right? No. Nah, I don't like hate he, him. I think like he's, he's a nice guy. Yeah. You think he's better than Baker, JB? Mariota? Yeah. No. Okay. I don't even – I don't consider him a starter, though. Yeah. Got See, you. I think Baker's been a starter. So, I I, I, I got Baker and, and Carson Wentz as the most two, – two most overrated guys there are. But – But Marcus was a number though, two overall pick, just like Carson. Oh, no doubt. But he hasn't really played. You're right. That's fair. Like, you know what I mean? So, that's that's the only difference. I That's how I look at it. But, you know, Carson's been tabbed as the guy when he – you know – even even when he did not go to the Super Bowl and, and, and his backup came and won the Super Bowl, I think it kind of deflated his his mm-hmm. whole deal, man. I think he's I don't think he's been the same ever since. There's no doubt. He reminds There's me a lot of Jay Cutler, man. Like like you oh, can see good. the talent when it's there. Like he, when he flashes, he really flashes. But then like when someone else goes to do his job and do it at the same caliber, and it just doesn't seem like a guy that loves football. You know, does that make sense? Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Cutler was that way. There's a, there's a few guys like that though, man. You know, the, the, the you know the the uh, Jamarcus Russells of the world. Mm-hmm. You got all these other guys. I don't know. I don't know. I know Zach loves Kyler Murray. I don't know if Kyler really loves it, man. I mean, based on how he's kind of going about things. But I mean, everyone got to get their bag, I guess. You know, so to speak. So I'm not mad at him for doing it and wanting to do it. But uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Kyler this year. And, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of those guys, though. Lamar Jackson now, you know, he's putting he's putting money on his on his gold fronts. I mean, <laughs> you know, pay the man, I guess. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. On, I'm not on the RG three bus. Is putting Lamar at number one for sure. <laughs> Facts. Hey, I, I wrote this question for you, JB, and Coach and Coach Smith. I want to. I just. I play. I want to play this game. Brian Tannehill, or we're talking about quarterbacks, right? right? Just because, like, Ryan Tannehill, that's a guy. You know, things didn't work out in Miami. He, he was kind of an asshole down there, kind of retooled, went to Tennessee. We're not sure, sure how good he is, but they keep winning because they're a real, real well-coached football team. So I'm going to ask you straight up, would you take right now Ryan Tannehill or Kirk Cousins? Oh, uh, shit. Tannehill, <laughs> does, Tannehill does great in the system he's in. Um, he gets to hand the ball off to a freak. Um, oh, yeah. He had two big freak wideouts. The, the head coach and Vrabel puts that, uh, you know, puts him in position to not really have to uh, carry the load. He don't really have a big failure on his hands. He, he doesn't really have to risk failure like Kirk Cousins does. Kirk Cousins, even though they have the good young back there now and all that, um, Kirk Cousins is is, is Buster or, or, or he's the go-to <laughs> hero. Um, so I don't think it's a hard comparison on those two, man. You know what I mean? Um, Tannehill's in a great, in a perfect position. Does Tannehill go to Minnesota and do as well as Kirk Cousins has? No. Kirk Cousins uh, is clear, clearly the better skill set, in my opinion, by far. Um, so if you were starting a team today, who would you take? I'd take Cousins. Just, okay. but, it, but that's a that's an open book question, man, because you don't know what team it is. It, it, if, let me ask, I'm going to tell you like this. If I was the owner of Tennessee Titans, I'd take Tannehill. Yeah, but if I'm the owner of the Minnesota Vikings, I take Cousins. I mean, you don't think you don't think Kirk Cousins will unlock some things over there in Tennessee? Because sometimes it feels like their play call gets too predictable because Ryan Tannehill is so limited. I mean, he got booted up out of Miami, Coach. <laughs> nah, it, it might. It, you, you might be right on that, um, but I don't know, man. Because that Kirk Cousins don't have the luxury of that old line in that back to hand the ball off to, though. So Facts. they have I'm, to throw the ball more. Mm-hmm. 
They do, but and, and I, my whole thing is Ryan Tannehill's got this badass run game, one of the best running backs in the NFL. Like you said, two just freak show receivers. And that some bitch still throws it to the other team 17 times, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like Kirk Cousins, at least, he only threw seven picks last year. Like, and he, I think if you put him in Tennessee, like at the le- at the very least, he's not gonna give the other team the fucking ball. Yeah, and if it was a neutral team, we didn't know we were blindfolded and you gave me true serum. I'm I'm taking cousins. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. What about Ryan Tannehill or Jimmy G? Jimmy G's a winner, man. I I cannot take the winning aspects out of football and out of the quarterback position. I know Zach. See the wideout guys, man. Wideout <laughs> guys and quarterback guys think different, man. I'm gonna be honest. Tannehill gets the job done. Um, let me ask you this. Let me just throw this at you real quick. Um, and I don't want to take your guys' space. You guys do a hell of a job. I appreciate you guys. Uh, let me let me tell you this. Would you take Jimmy G or Trey Lance? Ooh. Man, I, I, I like what I can see. This shouldn't even be a thought. I like not even a thought for me. I like it's, what I can see. I like what I can see. I like Jimmy G. There's a reason that Trey Lance ain't playing. Thank you. Huh? I said there's a reason Trey Lance isn't playing. Uh, thank you. At least we're on the same page on that one because a lot yeah. of people take Trey Lance. Some motherfuckers have Trey Lance in their top fucking ten. He hasn't played a down. <laughs> it's just, it's just and, and he hasn't played. He hasn't played in three years, and, and he played FCS. But Coach Twitter told me that Trey Lance was looking like Patrick Mahomes. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure. Man. Hey, of course it hey. Google also said my dick's twelve inches. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, facts. <laughs> so so we got so Jimmy Deer Tannehill, you did all that talking, JB. You didn't even get give me to the answer. Uh I, I take Jimmy G all day. All right. What about you, coach? Because Jimmy yeah, Frisco to me, Frisco to me is similar. Uh sorry, I didn't mean to cut. Frisco is similar to the Tennessee built as far as constructive mm-hmm. how their roster is. Debo is kind of a utility guy. They move around. They're a similar roster in a lot of aspects. They play good yeah. defense. They try to run the ball to control the clock and get first downs, make it third manageable. It's very similar as far as that goes. So, so, you know, uh, I think Jimmy thrives in that, in that system. Okay, that's fair. I I can get behind I, that. What about you? No, uh, I agree. I, I'm taking Jimmy G all day. All right, Ryan Tannehill or Justin Fields? Tannehill, right now, man. I got I got to see Fields more. Talent wise, we all know Fields is freak. Zach had you know Zach knows more than any of us. Uh, I think he's a freak. I think all that stuff, you know, I, it's hard, man, when you go to bad franchises as a young quarterback. I think they're yeah. set up to fail. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is set up to fail already. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones has been a set up to fail. Sam Darnold, I think even though I whoa, know. Whoa, whoa, was, was, was Daniel Jones set up to fail, Coach? I think quarterbacks that go to bad organizations are set up to fail from okay. the gate. And there's That's just fair. It's fair. Just just imagine Eli Manning. Me and Pat Perez are talking about it right now. He's from San Diego, so he's a Charger guy. Imagine if Eli goes to the Chargers. He's Phillip fucking Rivers. Yeah. So oh, yeah. just think about that. Think about that. So that's what people don't get. He's Phillip Rivers. If he don't demand a trade to go to the Giants, he don't have two Super Bowls. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just look at it that way. So so that's – I think quarterbacks that are young, that are these big-time guys coming out of college are set up to fail when they go to these shitty organizations – Troy Aikman was a very, very lucky human. Um, when he got, when he went in '89, they go 0 and 15, and then the rest <laughs> is history. He gets three bowls because of the Jimmy G movement and what they did uh, roster-wise to get that old line and get Emmitt and and, and Norvell. I mean Novacek and uh, you know, fuck man, think about that wideout crew with Irvin and them. 
that team turns into being one of the greatest ever. And, and Aikman was lucky. But imagine yeah. him oh, yeah. being on that I'm, team before that happened. And, you know, he's a guy we don't talk about either. I mean, we saw it with Stafford. We saw it with Drew Brees, guys that got out of bad situations and just went and, and, and really balled out. Dude, so and I, and, it's, it's a smaller scale, but I talked about it with Alex Smith. Alex Smith yeah. was a bust until he went to Kansas City, and then he was decent. He was at least okay. No doubt. No doubt. No facts. I, I agree. There's been a, been a few of those guys, though, oh, there, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, not to get off your topic, uh, keep going, but Trubisky, if, what, if he has a, what if he does a hell of – what if he has a hell of a year? What are people going to say? I don't think he was dynamic enough off the rip, though, Coach. Like, like I, I think he was always overdrafted. Let me ask you this. Was he better than Sam coming out of North Carolina? Uh, the quarterback they just had graduate? Sam Howell? Sam Howell? He, both- probably was, he probably was better than Howell, but I don't think either of them were first-rounders. Like, I, like, yeah. like, to take that kid ahead of Deshaun Watson and, and Pat Mahomes just felt criminal to me, just all the way from the jump. So I was already out on him. And, Coach, he's from my area. He's, he's from a – He's from a good old, good old Ohio. So, yeah. oh, hey, Ohio's got dudes, man. Yeah, we got dudes, but not really quarterbacks except for Joe Burrow. So, <laughs> Cali's with a quarterback stay. You should know that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, you know, he and Zachary talked Zach shit on California. He said Texas. <laughs> you know, hey, well, was he wrong? Hey, man, I appreciate you guys, man. I'm going to let you get back to it. Me and Pat oh, are yeah. about to get, toss some slapstick back and, uh, and fucking smoke some, uh, <laughs> smoke some steaks, man. Smoke some steaks. I gotta bring you guys back some. Go get you some, some slap dick. Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, I I said it on my show. I said it when I came on JB's show. I I got empty bottles right there. I can attest. Uh, it's legit. They're in the mail, by the way. They're in the mail again. I love it. I got them sent to you before. I sent you some vodka too. I love Zach it. Zach told me I can't drink till we get ten thousand subs, Coach. So I won't be trying it anytime <laughs> soon. Hey, that's right, man. I said you gotta set goals, man. You gotta set goals. <laughs> Going. Hey man, I, I wish I would have did what you guys are doing earlier, man. Cause I, I think I got thirteen thousand on here already. That's just cause of my name. I didn't do shit on YouTube. I didn't push it at all. You guys get like two hundred and fifty people live, man. I get like fucking. There's only a hundred in here right now. So like, yeah. you guys are doing your job. You guys are doing your thing, man. So it's appreciate just, it, guys, man. Fresh, fresh breath of air, man, out there. So uh, appreciate you guys doing this, man. And uh, we'll cross do this. We're gonna do it big, man. We might have to all three do a show. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm trying man. to, for real. I'm trying to do a show and trying to link yeah. up and, and, and kind of take over. Zach, man, and I'm letting everyone know. I don't give a fuck. I'm letting Zach know, too. We, we got uh, we got a couple of things in the works, so we're trying to do some 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 big things, man, with a couple of big corporations or, you know, a couple of big uh, media people. And, uh, man, me and Zach try to get a show. If we get a show, I think me and him will be a dynamic duo. Uh, exactly. Amazon hiring guys like Marshawn Lynch to do Thursday Night Football. So uh, my guys, my team is <laughs> – are in talks with some people up there, so we're trying to see if we can do our own thing. So whatever it is, streaming's the new thing. So we're gonna try to yeah. see what can happen. But if we get something going, shit, man. Uh, thank all the people in the community and and, and all you guys, man. So uh, yeah, Pat's but, in here, man. He's cooking right here, and uh, I'm, he's lucky. He, he's lucky, lucky to have. I'm lucky to have be over at his house, man, and uh, good dude. So I know people in the chat love Pat. So Pat McAfee actually was talking about Pat Perez today on his show. And put Pat and Pat together earlier today on on a private call. So it's a it's a good it's a good day to have a good fucking day, you know. Hell yeah! Well, hey JB, you enjoy that weather, man. Enjoy enjoy that whiskey, and uh, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Hey Zach, it's fucking like 180 here. Yeah, well, what the fuck? Take your shirt off and enjoy the weather. <laughs> All right, guys, keep killing. I appreciate you. Appreciate Hell you, JB. Yeah. I mean. <laughs>
<laughs> I love Coach Bean. He just popped up in here. It was it was his time. Zach, yeah. I know. I, let me your question. J Ryan or Justin Fields? So I'm I'm taking Justin Fields, but I, granted, I'm I'm closer to that situation than most. But at the same time, I, Justin, like like JB said, these these quarterbacks, some of these kids like like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, they just have no chance early. Like you look at what the Bengals did with Joe Burrow, they they put some pieces around him. What they've done to Justin in Chicago is fucking criminal. So yeah. I think if you put those pieces around him. You give him those wideouts. I know A.J. Brown's gone now, but you put him in that scenario Ryan Tannehill was in with Derrick Henry, that run game. Holy shit. He's twice the player that Ryan Tannehill is. It's it's so frustrating because it feels like the Bears are actively not drafting receivers. Like they're just like they had a chance to get Pickens in round two. They just said, no, we'll go defense. They had a chance to get a receiver. They, they just have chances and they just every time they go away from it. It's very, very frustrating to watch, especially as a Justin Fields fan. Um, I did want to ask you, Zach, Baker or Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. Okay, that's fair. I mean, and I I wanted to segue this to ask you about the flag plan while you were there. In 2016, did you see it happen, or did you see the video afterwards? Uh, no, I, I was in. We were going in the locker room. I didn't see it until people. Mm -hmm. I saw it on social media after the game. That, and that's the thing. People talk about. Oh man, Ohio State's some bitches. They let Baker do that. Like we didn't even know he did it. Like <laughs> we're, we're we're running into into the locker room. There certainly would have been a fight if anybody saw it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I didn't see it. I was gone. Got you. That that's funny. I guess I never thought about it. You guys, you guys were gone way off the field, and then the flag plan happened because there's no, I, I just can't see him doing that out there. If like, if like Noah Brown or someone is in anywhere near the vicinity. No, no, no chance. I mean, it, it would have been a fight. Like I said, it would have been a fight, but I do want to mention. So I saw in the, in the chat, one of JB's uh, supporters, listeners, followers asked a question and I prepared for this. Now I, I, I will full disclosure. I don't know all the words that JB has done, <laughs> but he does a ghetto word of the day. Right. And, and, so I witnessed it yesterday and I'm like, damn, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta keep up the trend. So my ghetto word of the day is cologne, right? Chris cologne, like, Hey bro, you think you cologne me? $10? That's my ghetto word of the day. Cologne. Oh shit. <laughs> That's ignorant. <laughs> ghetto word of the day. That's funny, bro. I fuck with that. Um, Zach, I want to stay in your call, Jays, for a little bit. We're talking about Marcus Mariota being a bust. Do you consider Jameis Winston a bust? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Considering, yeah, ish. Considering people have, and, and I don't know why. I, I didn't have that value on him coming out. You watched the, the college football playoff, what he did in that Oregon game, just handed them the fucking game, turned the ball over 800 times. It's like he was, and even the stuff he was doing in, in his personal life, stealing crab legs, like all the eating the W's like all that weird shit. It's like, that's not a quarterback. That's not a fucking square jaw, badass quarterback, right? Like you watch Michael Vick play. That was a serious motherfucker, like a badass. You watch Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, all the great ones. Jameis Winston is a true definition of a slap dick. He is a slap dick. And so I never thought he was going to be an NFL quarterback. So he's a bust because someone drafted him where they drafted him. But in mm -hmm. my mind, he's exactly what I thought he was. Going to turn the ball over way too much. Arm talent for days. Probably make some pretty passes and and give you false hope. But he's just, he's a jackass. Yeah, it did It did kind of surprise me, like, looking back on it now. Like, Jameis Winston, of all the college quarterbacks, he was never revered. Like, as, as a defensive coordinator, I don't know if anybody was ever scared of Jameis Winston. 
I mean, I'll say like with Johnny Manziel, I'm sure when, when Nick Saban and them played him, they were a little afraid of him. When teams played Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, they were a little afraid of him. I never remember flipping on a Florida State game when he was there and thinking, damn, like that dude's going to dice us up or cut us up with his legs. Even like Marcus Mariota, who I didn't think was a really an NFL uh, as a, a quarterback. I was you I was scared about of him for a little bit because of he would dice you up. And yeah. so I guess I am really confused about Jameis Winston. When after you guys beat Alabama, how quickly did you guys go back and watch the uh, Oregon uh, Florida State game? Oh, it's the next game, next day. I mean, you you make that that national championship game, it, you go to work immediately. There's no mm-hmm. time to enjoy that Bama win. I mean, you're trying to win the ship. You're trying to touch that gold trophy. You're trying to get a ring. There's no there's no uh, hey, let's take Sunday off and get after it on Monday. Fuck that. It's like all right, game over. Let's roll. Like. Honestly, loading iPads up after the game so we can watch the film at home that night. Like, just you, you, you ain't you ain't taking time to get to that one. No, I, I, I believe it. And then I do want to ask: Did you, did you, were you surprised that that Florida State lost that game, or did you guys always figure Oregon was going to win that game? Well, Marcus Mariota was so good, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. Heisman Trophy candidate um, and, and and winner, and it's just he. You didn't know what you were going to get with Jameis, yeah. but you knew there was a chance he would just, I mean, hand him the football game. Mm-hmm. We thought, I mean, or, or, uh, Oregon had some pretty, really good defensive linemen. They obviously had the Heisman Trophy winner. We felt like they were probably the better team and probably the team that was going to make it to that next game. But Jameis also showed flashes some games where he would go out and just light people up. And you're like, if that kid shows up, it's anyone's game. I mean, shit, they won it all the year before. So, it, it was really, we thought Oregon would win, but we didn't know which Jameis Winston would show up. Were you were you worried at all about Marcus Mariota in your guys' game? Like, was there a, a fear or a worry? Or, or after beating Bama, was like, oh, yeah, we're good. No, once we beat Bama, it didn't matter who showed up out of those two teams. It wasn't, it wasn't even going to be a game. Cardell tried to hand them the game, and we still whooped their ass. <laughs> oh, don't come at Cardell like that. He played out of his mind. <laughs> No, he put, he played really well down that stretch, but the Oregon game, he did he had some turnovers that they could have killed us if our team didn't play so well and if it wasn't such a mismatch. Did you ever worry that the moment would be too big for Cardell? Something that no one ever talks about is kind of the psyche. Like Cardell came in in the Michigan game, had to do his job, and then it was immediately just like three straight games of playoffs. Yeah, they, Car, it's not that Cardell didn't care, but he had this like reckless abandon playing quarterback, which ended up hurting him in the long run. Mm-hmm. But he went into those games and it was like Devin Smith deep. Yep. Crank that <laughs> bitch up and launch it. Like no second question, like second guessing, no questioning. It was just launch it. I mean, he threw a bender into one high one time, which you never do, right? The guy's going to bend to the middle of the field and he, he threw it anyways, almost got Jalen Marshall killed. And it's like, he was just letting that bitch fly. I just, I guess I just never thought that the, you never worried about the moment being too big for him. And I, I don't know if it's because he just didn't care or if it was because he was just going to let it go no matter what. And it feels like he just let it go. And also like you guys as a coaching staff made sure he was good. Um, we have a question talking to ask him about the Steelers. Do Who do you think is going to be starting quarterback of the Steelers? Could you see Mitch Trubisky kind of uh, rejuvenating his career under a functional franchise like the Steelers? I think the best shot to be the starting quarterback. I don't think Kenny, I mean, I said it on our show. I don't think Kenny Pickett is a franchise quarterback. And because of that, I don't think he's a day one starter. So you can rule him out. We've seen Mason Rudolph. He is just a below average guy. Mitch Trubisky's got a chance to to rewrite everything. And I think he's the best of the three. Honestly, I mean, unfortunately, due to the tragedy, I mean, I really thought Dwayne Haskins had a chance to be the guy. 
I did. Cause you look at that roster, who's going to be the guy. I think that now by default, it'll be Mitch Trubisky. And I, I don't think the bank or the Steelers are going to be any good. I, I do think that they are in contention with the Browns to finish last in the division. Um, now, obviously the Browns have a lot of question marks out there with Deshaun Watson, who's their quarterback. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a race between the old dog pound and the steel curtain to see who finishes last in that division. Yeah, barring the Deshaun Watson stuff. Redrafting 2018 from our guy Joe Accord. Where would Cleveland be right now if they drafted Josh Allen instead of Baker Mayfield? They'd be in a lot better place. I mean, I think I think Josh Allen with that receiver core, you wouldn't have had the Odell issues that turns out weren't really Odell issues. He was fine and uh, for the Rams. I think you would have had a much better chance to be the team that people thought the Browns were going to be when they got Jarvis, they got Odell, they had Nick Chubb, they had Kareem Hunt, like the ridiculous O-line. I mean, people started talking about fucking David and Joku like he was a good player. That's how much like momentum they had. And then Baker just fucking was awful. So I, they would have been much better off and they might have been who Browns fans thought they were going to be. No, no, absolutely, absolutely feel that. Um, Zach, I want to segue to a new topic. I don't know if we have to hit the um, the sponsor right now. Yeah, you know what? Let's get that ad read out of the way. Go ahead, Christian, if you want to throw that ad read on here now so we can make sure we knock that out. Proud sponsor of the Hate Me Now, Love Me Later podcast is Blue Chew. Head on over to bluetooth.com. Being intimate with your partner should be the best part of your day. When you get to have it, don't let whatever happened during your day get in your head and ruin the fun. The Chewables from Bluetooth.com can make your day a better one. It'll make sure you're able to perform at your best when you get the opportunity to have fun. Every man wants a winning team, front row seats to the big game, and a partner to heat things up in the bedroom. Blue Chew can help with the last one. Make sure you head on over. Don't be a slapdick. Get you some blue chew. Use it today. You don't want to be laughed at in the bed, gentlemen. And your ladies don't want to go chase somebody else down because you can't get it up. Head on over to bluechew.com. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and tell them that I sent you. Get you $5 off shipping using the promo code BELIEVE. And you can receive your first month free. Blue chew. Dot com. Tell them I sent you. Peace. There you have it. Blue Chew, and they 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 sponsored our show for a long time, so I'm glad to see Coach JB getting on it. I actually just, when I heard that they were going to have an ad read, I grabbed, I still have my the sample they sent me, and so we're going to do something. It's right here. See, Blue Chew. We're going to do something one of these episodes, maybe this week. I'm going to make Chris take Blue Chew at the beginning of the show and make him do a whole show uh, under the influence. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. That's probably illegal. I probably shouldn't have said that. But um, check them out, Blue Chew. Do Get we have an HR department? <laughs> I am a. I am the HR lady. So send an email. Zach made me turn gay for the whole month of June, y'all, and now he's going to make me take blue. I hey, I made him be black for the uh, Black History Month in February too. <laughs> and it never washed off, man. I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck all right zach i want to talk about uh our favorite topic sports report oh jay's foul for that he wants me to take blue chew and stand up <laughs> damn what you, you trying to see <laughs> <laughs> that's not p um i want to talk about reporters for a sec man because there's been a lot of uh this is the worst time of the year zach this time in draft time 
because sources are tapped into everything. And I'm not sure exactly like why we keep buying this, but really what's going on is these people are personalities and they're being deemed as reporters and they're mm-hmm. putting out stories based on sources. And now we're learning that at least the guys over there at NFL Network are not actually talking to people. There was a story oh. about J.K. Dobbins, about how he's not going to be ready, how uh, a rep- you know sources very close to him and his team have been told that he's not going to be ready for the season. You know what J.K. came out and did? He said, what are you guys talking about? Has anybody spoken to my doctor? Because I'm running full speed right now. And that's why I'm not on the PUP list, and I'm going to be able to play. Zach, is it time for us to just throw the whole sources thing out the window? Well, the problem is – the, that these reporters, if you want to call it that, they can, they can fucking tell you any anybody is a source, right? Who's a source? The fucking janitor. What does the janitor know in Baltimore? He doesn't he doesn't know shit. He, he just hears rumors, right? And it's like these reporters should have to say, according to Steve, the right. fucking whatever he is. Like, who told you that? Because you get a guy like JK talking about he's behind, might not be ready for week one, and JK's like, the fuck are you talking about? Like, talk to my doctor, talk to my my rehab specialist like i'm ahead of schedule i definitely will be ready week one that's part of it the other part of it is these athletes sometimes don't like shit getting out so they refute a claim that's actually true yeah so it's all bullshit that's why we will never do that i know jb doesn't do it like i'm not gonna break news that's fucking lame like Mm -hmm. let jk tell you if he's feeling good or not and then just tune in week one if you want to see if he's playing or and these guys like who was it ian rapaport or some shit like that like get a fucking life like you're you're like a high school girl that's trying to find out rumors about people. Like just cool, man. You broke yeah. you broke the news. It's fucking wrong, but you broke it. Congratulations. It's super frustrating when these so there was a turn, Zach, like five or six years ago, right when NBA free agency was at its peak. It used to when you saw sources, it used to be rumors then. And but now it's gone to report. And that's kind of my biggest thing as someone who like studied journalism and like is kind of in that field. When you see report from sources instead of rumors from sources, it makes it feel more official. And and to me, it becomes more foolish. Um, and and I people people can ask if they heard it from the coach, though. If you heard it from the coach, all you gotta say is, Oh, I spoke to the coach and and, and kind of ended at that rather than sources. So it does kind of bug me, but I do want to talk about JK because that's someone you know pretty well, Zach. Um, JK, I think, is going to be a really good back uh, in the NFL. I'm hoping that, you know, full recovery all goes well. At what point did you know, could you see that JK was going to be a really good back for you guys back in uh, back when he was a freshman? Uh, it was his personality, honestly, because JK, he he had talent, but he 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 wasn't that difference maker until his last season. And, and if you ask him right now, you know, probably a private conversation, but I never bought in on JK and I was hard on him as the receiver coach, like some, just some random other position coach. I didn't, I didn't tell him that he he played great. If I thought he just played okay. And to the point where he thought I didn't like him. And we had a conversation, you know, months down the road as he was already starting because he was like, damn coach, why don't you like me? And I was like, it's not that I don't like you. It's that I think you could play a lot better than you do. And, and it's true. Even Buckeye fans, they thought he was just this great player, but he never was a home run hitter. He never, he never had that extra gear to take it 80 right? He was a good player, not a great player. And I said that, you know, after I got fired on, on the, on the show that he was, he is an above average running back and he has to show me something to be above, to be that next cut. And guess what? He worked his ass off going into his last year and he showed it. And I gave him credit where credit was due. He became a home run hitter. 
So, but it was all because of his work ethic. That's when I knew that he had a chance to be a great player. Mm-hmm. It was when I watched him work and his personality and his his attitude, the smile on his face. You're like, this kid has a chance. He's just got to be pushed to that level. It felt like Urban tried to get him on the field early because one of the things he was really good at, before, I mean, that yeah. I could see even before he got on campus, was he had a lot of make you miss in him. Now, the other parts of actually playing a running back, I'm not sure were there, but it did feel like Urban tried to get him on the field very quickly. Well, there's a lot more to that story, right? One, J.K. was really talented, and as was Mike Weber. Mike Weber was a really good back, but Mike Weber had a problem going to class and, and a problem being lazy and a problem, you know, not going as hard as he could in the weight room and shit like that. So Irvin saw J.K. Dobbins, who went to every class early, did everything he was supposed to do, worked fucking harder than anyone on the team, and it's like, oh, this is a perfect fuck you to Mike Weber, and that's what he did. He mm-hmm. put J- he he started J.K. I think he suspended Mike Weber for a half, and you know he he tried to put J.K. ahead of Mike Weber to motivate Mike Weber to do shit the right way, and so he absolutely put him on the field. I wouldn't say undeservedly. But he put him on the field because he's like, this kid does everything right. He's a good player. We're not going to lose because he's in over Mike Weber. And maybe this will wake Mike Weber up. Yeah. And it, well, eventually it did. The TV reports were saying that Mike Weber had a hamstring injury that week one. Oh, That's yeah. why J.K. And Percy started. Harvin had foot surgery. <laughs> now, I do, I, I do want to ask you, Zach, like – Obviously, uh, Zeke is kind of the best back that you've been around since I believe you were in college football. What separates Zeke from a guy like J.K., who I think was a really good back at the end of his college career? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say J.K. is soft, mm-hmm. but Ezekiel Elliott's one of the toughest motherfuckers I've ever been around. Like when he played football, he was trying to in- inflict pain on you. Like when he was blocking you or cut blocking you, he was trying to rip your leg off. Like he was so violent and physical. And J.K. was more finesse. Like, he would block you. He'd get the job done, or he would try to. And that's one of the biggest knocks on J.K. that I've ever had was he's not great in pass pro, which nobody really cares in the NFL. They just take you out on pass plays. But in college football, that matters. And Zeke was one of the best pass pro running backs I've ever seen. I mean, he would hit – I mean, he'd pick up a DN, a linebacker, blitz him from depth. It didn't matter. And he'd put his hairline right under your chin and split your fucking chin in half. So Zeke was just a – I mean, one of the toughest guys I've ever met. How quickly did you see that Zeke was legit? Like, did you ever, like, early practice, like, something happened? You're like, oh, shit, like, Listen, that's they, one of them they, ones. They play the highlight, but he he ran down on kickoff and almost snapped Raheem Mostert's fucking leg in half, making a tackle on the sideline. And I was like, holy shit, this kid was just shot out of a cannon. He looked like a missile. And so we had Carlos Hyde. We didn't need Zeke to be this premier back, but you saw it. You saw it in practice like, damn, this kid's going to be really good. Did guys like being a part of kickoff team? Like, like I mean, that's, that's oh, it a was running embraced. back as a freshman. It was embraced. It was a culture. Okay. I mean, going back to 2014, what Corey Smith did against Alabama. You go watch Alabama's kickoff returns. Corey Smith, and Nick Saban even said it uh, to me when I went down there. He was like, so you coached that kid at 84. And I was like, yeah, Corey Smith. He was like, he's the best kickoff cover guy I've ever seen at any level of football. Because he did. He went, I mean, it was insane how fast he ran down the field, how he could avoid blocks, and he would just shoot through a returner, he was dominant. And it was a culture thing. I mean, it was, there was so much. And you watch when Corey Smith hit the kid in Alabama on kickoff, like the whole sideline erupted, met him on the field, like jumping up, like it was insanity. So it was a culture thing to be on kickoff. And Zeke was a freshman that was trying to find his way on the field, right? And the story is told that Stan Drayton was the running back coach. Carlos Hyde was tired and he went to put Zeke in the game as his backup. And as he's run on the field, Urban grabbed him. And pulled him back and said, the fuck are you doing? You're not on any special teams. You're not playing running back. And so he pulled him off the field, and they put a, a third-string running back in that was on special teams. 
And then fast forward a couple weeks, Zeke makes that play on kickoff. Guess who the backup running back was from then on? Ezekiel Elliott. Because that was the culture that Urban created with special teams. Okay. No, I I, I hear that. I guess I didn't realize that you couldn't get on the field unless you'd like, you know, kind of earned your stripes on special teams. But from then on, Zach, you kind of knew that that kid was going to do whatever it took to be a really good running back. Oh, yeah. You knew. You knew. And, and it wasn't. It wasn't that he didn't want to play special teams. He just wasn't on it. And so yeah. Urban made that point, and that son bitch was knocking down the door to get on a special team so he could play running back too. Are you surprised at all with how successful Zeke's been in the NFL? Like as a running back, like as a polished running back? Because he feels no. like he has a master, master, mastered his craft. Yeah, I, I think Zeke, I mean, coming out of, uh, of, of Ohio State, I thought he was going to be an absolute superstar. The Cowboys thought he was a – they were like, this kid – I think this kid's a Hall of Famer. That's how good he is. Um, and I knew his work ethic and his talent. There was no way he wasn't going to be good. He just always had that fun side, <laughs> like that off the field might yeah. pull a girl's shirt down side that might, <laughs> you know, might drink a little bit and hook up with some chicks. Like he just always had that party side to him. He had it at Ohio state. And I used to talk about it, right? J JT Barrett and I had a conversation one time because we had a 48 hour rule at Ohio state. Urban had it. The whole team had to follow it like 48 hours before kickoff, nothing bad in your body. No drinking, no nothing. And you're in bed. You're not going out. Zeke didn't follow the 48-hour rule. He would go out there every Thursday night. And I, he'd show up Friday, I mean, smelling like alcohol. And I talked to JT, who's our, one of our captains. I'm like, damn, so much for that 48-hour rule. And he was like, you know, coach, it's one of those things, like, if it doesn't affect his performance and he shows up, like, he goes harder than anyone else here on Fridays. Like, just dripping sweat in a walkthrough, going so hard. He's like... I'm not going to tell that man how to live. Like yeah. he's handling his business and that's part of being a pro, right? You can, you can do that. You can go out and drink. You better show up and be a badass. If not, now we got to have a conversation. And so that's what he did. He would go out and party Thursday nights and show up Friday, ball out on Saturday. And it's like, well, don't fuck with the routine. <laughs> well, that's almost per That feels like he's getting ready for the pros already, Zach. Like if he, if he can go hard like that and come to walk through and, and be focused, it's like very like Allen Iverson-esque. Like Allen Iverson would go out to the club to like 3, 4 a.m. and then come drop 40. And it was like, okay, like we're not going to say anything because, I mean, that kid, that kid's playing and probably one of our best players. Um, our guy Joe asked a question about Tate Martell in 2017. Quarterback room at Haskins, Barrett, Burrow, and Martell. Why did Ohio State go after him knowing how strong that quarterback room was? Oh, well, we I've, I've talked about this a bunch on my show. It's um, – uh, Tim Beck loved him. Our quarterback coach loved him. And I I, I was out at, at uh, Bishop Gorman High School recruiting Tyjon Lindsey, the little mm -hmm. slot receiver they had that went to Nebraska. Now he's at Oregon State, I think. I don't know where um, he's at. He is. <clears throat> and uh, then I ended up falling into Haskell Garrett, who who loved Ohio State and was a great D tackle. Then they had this quarterback, Gatorade Player of the Year, shorter kid, dynamic athlete. So I brought his film back and I said, hey, Tim, watch this. Tell me what you think. I, personally, I didn't think he could throw well enough to play football at that level at Ohio state, but I, he was a shifty dynamic athlete. And the biggest thing was Tim, Tim liked him for whatever reason. And urban loved him because he knew with Dwayne Haskins, at quarterback, he couldn't run his quarterback run game. And it, it freaked him out. And so, cause that was his, that's his crutch. Mm -hmm. If things weren't going well, he ran the quarterback. And so Tate Martell gave him that fix. Like maybe if Dwayne's the quarterback, we can have a sub package with Tate Martell to do some wildcat stuff. And then he threw it better than a receiver or running back that's running the Wildcat. So that was kind of Urban's thought, but he ended up it just it it didn't work out. Like he just he wasn't he wasn't ready for that that stage. Could Tate throw better than JT? No, God no. Okay, hey, well, I, well, 
I was just asking. <laughs> Not even I'm, close. I'm just saying Tate Martell is a, is a record holder. He's a record holder. And he JT went, Barrett is a record holder. 10 for 10 completion per, in one game. Only only quarterback ever at Ohio State to have a perfect completion. Just well, saying. Just saying. Him, man. And, him and Quinn Ewers. Yeah, Quinn Ewers, zero for zero. We love Quinn Ewers. I'm glad. I'm actually really glad you said that. I'm really glad that you brought up Quinn Ewers on this show because now we're going global with Quinn Ewers. Zach, I want to ask you about the uh, the most toxic fan bases in college football. Who is your top five most toxic? I typed up my top five most toxic, and I have Tennessee as the fifth, Ohio State fan base as fourth. Well, I have Tennessee on there twice. Um, Michigan is the third, Miami is the second, Notre Dame is the first. I I don't think that's I don't think Michigan's on that list. Um, really? I, although there's a hatred from Ohio State towards Michigan, they they seem pretty level headed. Like with shit that's going on right now, you read message boards and read Twitter, and it's like they're like son of a bitch. Like we're never gonna we're never gonna do it like we're never gonna you know take over that top spot from ohio state they're pretty realistic and the, the i guess you, like charles not charles woodson um whatever it is desmond howard just like kills yeah, me like, desmond howard's a bitch base. but we know we knew that i mean he's been a bitch in, in sports media forever that, that doesn't he doesn't speak for all michigan fans he was a great player but yeah i, I you can't classify the whole fan base because of desmond howard well I but do. you i mean you left a couple i mean lsu fans are absolutely insane um just extremely toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's two conversations like that off season toxic or that game day atmosphere toxic because they're two different, two different conversations, but Miami fans are way up there, way up there. I mean, every season Miami is going to win the national, you know, win the ACC and then they end up, you know, eight and four, mm-hmm. seven and five. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw a tweet the other day, man. It was like, it was like, Will USC make the college football playoff? And then someone, like one of the first comments was, not if Miami has something to do with it. And it's like, when did we even ask you? Like, like, why are you, what are you guys even doing here? Yeah, and, and you, you know, it, it is what it is. And it's some fan bases have went back and forth. Like Georgia was the off-season champions of the world. Mm-hmm. And now they finally won a national championship. So they 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 backed it up. But they, they, they for a long time, never really, it never panned out their off-season projections. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Zach, I want to ask, kind of stay on this, stay on the on the California side, the USC side. Obviously, this is Coach JB's show. Um, you know, he has a lot of Cali love. We want to know how you guys feel about UCLA and USC joining the uh, the big the Big Ten. Because obviously, as, as a Big Ten fan, I'm happy about it. But again, I'm not out in West Coast, and so watching games is going to be a okay. Uh oh. Um, and now also USC has become the betters' favorite, as in the most bets placed on to win the college football title. Zach, is this USC fans just waking up and expect and, and just looking to throw some money away? Well, there's there some, something behind it. I think people are over, over, I guess, overstating Lincoln Riley and, and Caleb Williams impact to an extent. And then they're looking at odds. I mean, it's a better payoff than to, if you just bet Ohio state or bet Bama, you're going to win less money. But like I always say, a bet you don't win is money lost. I don't care what the odds were. Um, so I think, you know, there's a lot of hoopla around, around Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams and, you know, their momentum in recruiting. I don't, I don't know that necessarily turns into hardware in year one, but it's just a lot of momentum and a lot of people that want USC to be that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about USC being back. I mean, we talked about it a while ago, like coaches and places and fits and Lincoln Riley just feels like an absolute fit out there. I don't know. Uh Uh-oh. 
I, I got it. I had to throw this up there, Chris. Nurse Court said, I beg your pardon. Please keep me and Miami out of the same convo, please, sir. Very respectful, but I have to remind you, this is the same program that was paying for blow and hookers for recruits. Like <laughs> there's a lot of toxicity in South beach. There just is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, didn't they have, I mean, even recently they had a booster get on a space and brag about the money they gave that one quarterback. And they had all the Miami fans going crazy in there. It's like, no, congrats. You just like admitted to a big time NCAA violation. And if NCAA had any, any, any balls, it'd be, Oh, she's talking about LSU and Miami. Oh, L oh, keep keep LSU out of Miami's conversation. Mm. Oh, my bad. I mean, LSU fans are really fucking toxic, though. What I mean, was, I've this, I've what was the scariest fan base, like, toxic-wise, like, you having to, like, LSU. go to? Okay. LSU by far. I mean, I've coached there twice. By far, LSU. Number one. Number one on the list. What's the worst thing that someone ever said to you while you were on the sideline, Coach? Oh, I don't even remember. I mean, it's some Creole shit I probably couldn't even pronounce. <laughs> Are you talking about a different level of redneck down there? Holy shit. Oh, man. Oh, man. USC isn't back yet. They haven't done anything. Well, yeah, we don't think they're back yet, but we definitely think they're on the way. Um, and, and I do think Lincoln Riley is a fit out there. And I do want to ask you about coaches and fits. Um, Zach, how much is – oh, Clemson. You think Clemson is, is, is under toxic top five? No. No? They're new. Cut. They're new. They're new to the scene, it feels like. Well, I mean, they've been around for a minute, but I don't know. Clemson fans are always cute. When they argue about the ACC being a good conference, you're like, oh, you guys are so cute. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, my guy, Michael, I can't throw his thing up on the screen, but our guy, Michael, says uh, Day can show he's a better quarterback developer versus Riley. That's one of the rivalries I'm super excited for for the Big Ten. Like, I I'm super excited to see Ryan Day versus Lincoln Riley. I think just the paths and the way it lines up, it's, it's perfect. Oh, it's um, going to be awesome. No, it's going to be really incredible. Um, I do want to ask about coaches and fits. Um, someone asked me a question a couple of days ago about, like, are there some head coaches are just more fit to coach at a big-time program and other guys that are more suited to, to coach at a small-time program? And they mentioned Pat Fitzgerald. They said yeah. they wouldn't want Pat Fitzgerald at a big-time program, but they think that he does better at Northwestern than a guy like Ryan Day could do at Northwestern. Um, do you no think doubt. this is a thing? Or, or like, what guys are, like, like kind of big – university coaches that really wouldn't do well on the, on mid-tier schools. Well, it's a very different job, right? When you're recruiting at Northwestern, you're doing a very different thing than when you're recruiting at Ohio state, the kid you're going after the coaches you're recruiting against what those kids are looking for out of a college. People don't go to Northwestern and say, man, this is the fast track to the NFL. Like mm -hmm. they're going to develop the shit out of me. They're going to Northwestern for other reasons. Right. And they feel like they're going to have a good football program because Pat Fitzgerald's just a great football coach. So it's a very different job. It, it goes back to what I've talked about. My In my career, I coached at Marshall and Temple before, and then I coached at Florida and Ohio State. Marshall and Temple, it's a very, I mean, it's almost not the same career. It's not the same job description. Although you're coaching kids, teaching football, that stuff's the same, but the recruiting side of it, night and day different. Like, it's not even... You can't even say, I was really a really good recruiter at Marshall and Temple. That's why I'm going to be great at Ohio State. No, the fuck you're not. It's a whole different job. You don't know. Nobody knows how good you'll be until you get to that level and start doing it. And then people can say, oh, this guy's dynamic or this guy's just an average recruiter. It's not even the same world. Do you think Matt Campbell and Luke Fickle kind of fall into that? Or do you think they'd be successful at big time places as well? I, I think they're very good uh, mid-tier college coaches right now. 
And like I said, I don't know what they would be like if they took over in Alabama or an Ohio State or somewhere of that caliber. You know, I think they both do a really good job being a CEO and coaching their coaches. So I think they'd be successful. But the reality is we don't know. It feels like they're both waiting for Ohio State. I don't know when that job will ever become open. I mean, Um, and and that's fair, but I don't know that either of them would be the dynamic recruiter. You have to be like a Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley. You have to be a fucking stone-cold stud killer to be the head coach at one of those programs because you are the closer, right? You have mm -hmm. to be Mariano Rivera. You have to come in and close the deal. And if you don't, Lincoln Riley's going to. So I don't know that either of those two – has done that, and I don't know that they could do that, but the, that's just the reality of them not having not been there. I think, like, dynam- dynamic personalities matter, and sometimes I worry about guys that don't have that. Like, Luke Fickle, I love him. I, he doesn't strike me as, like, a dynamic personality, and that right. kind of matters in terms of recruiting and closing. Same with Campbell, um, and that's kind of how I feel about Dan Lanning out at Oregon. Like, I don't know how he is as, like, a personality. Like, when he gets up on there, it's, like, it's not as dynamic as you want from a closer. And another name that I kind of float with that that I wonder – if they could benefit from taking a step down, Jim Harbaugh. Do you think Jim Harbaugh would be better suited at a place like Northwestern or Minnesota or or South Carolina, somewhere where he's not expected to compete with the big dogs and kind of get away with his oh. little stick down there? I mean, to your point, that's where where has he been successful? Stanford. Stanford, exactly. That's, that's a why niche I school. That. Then he went to the NFL and had some success. Didn't have to recruit. Didn't have to do any any of that. Then he goes to Michigan. Some bitch can't recruit out of a wet paper bag. So yes. He is better suited for those niche schools because he's a fucking goofball. Like, you think Jim Harbaugh is going to go in and close a recruit over Nick Saban? Never. Not once will that ever happen. He, I mean, he's going to struggle to beat Ryan Day on a Michigan kid, let alone beat the big dogs on a, on a national kid. He's never going to be that, ever. Yeah, he's, no. he's fit for Stanford, fit for Ivies, fit for the NFL, maybe. Because he can't recruit. He's too big of a goofball. No, definitely, definitely way too big of a goofball. And it is, it is kind of odd watching this fall from grace. And it's like, I, I watched a Michigan podcast. I believe Braylon Edwards was on it, Zach. And Braylon Edwards was talking about, this is the window. Like, this is going to be the pinnacle of Michigan football for the last X amount of years. He said, we're going to go 4-0 against Ohio State. So we're going to be in the playoffs. We're going to play USC. I like our odds <laughs> again. Like, just saying all this stuff. And at some point, it's like, it's like, oh goodness gracious, there's no way. And I feel like he he is a, is a coach that should return back to Stanford. And that, that that's what I would like for him. Yeah, I think I think that's where he's better fit, or or go back to the NFL and and, and try to make that run again. I don't think he's a major college football coach. I don't. I, I don't think he's a top fifteen program college football coach because he's he just doesn't have it. Yeah, I feel that. Someone said, what about Mike Leach at a non-Power 5 school? Man, Mike Leach at a non-Power 5 school, they would be crazy. Like, they, that'd be Chip Kelly, right? Like, like wherever Mike Leach goes, they throw the ball around like crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he would uh, he would do wonders with better talent, but it still doesn't change the fact that I don't think that system is conducive for big-time college football consistency, mm. right? He could beat anyone at any time but I don't think he could win every game because it's just, you're playing with fire a little bit. And in my opinion, the defense doesn't have a chance to develop, to stop, you know, more traditional or other style offenses. Like you got to be able to stop the run. They don't fucking run it. (laughs) Like how are you going to stop the run? If you never face the run. 
I need the Cali universe to educate us a little bit because we don't know what's going on out there. We don't know um, if how happy you guys are with USC and UCLA coming to the Big Ten. And I did see the California governor, um, Gavin Newsom, Newsom, is talking about legally blocking UCLA from entering the Big Ten. Just UCLA. He said he's sick of this, Zach. He said proper notice wasn't given. This isn't legal. This isn't right. And he wants UCLA to remain in the uh, in the Pac-12. Well, Gavin Newsom is ruining a good fucking state. I mean, that's just what he he is. He's a fucking clown. Um, and why he's worried about? I saw they're they're going to reinstitute mask mandates. I'd worry about that. Don't worry about UCLA joining the Big Ten. Worry about what you know about, which is science. Yeah, it just feels like they have a lot going on over there, Zach, and it feels like him getting involved with uh, with UCLA instead of, you know, USC. It just feels like him getting involved with sports anyway and commentary alignment feels goofy. Like, Zach, why are public officials involving themselves with conference realignment? I don't know, but G- Gavin Newsom can't know shit about football. He ha- If he played football, he was the kid that got picked on and beat up after practice in the locker room. There's no way that he's a football guy. There's just no way. And they st- stick to politics, stick to your bullshit world, stay out of sports. Fuck you. How about that? Yeah. And I haven't seen anybody on either side that really likes him. Okay. And Jeremiah, let me know. USC is a private school, so we can't block that. So it's going after UCLA. Um, that is definitely, definitely really intriguing. Zach, I don't have anything else I want to hit today, man. You got anything else you want to, you want to tag or no? No, I appreciate everybody tuning in. If you, if you're just getting here, subscribe to coach JB's show. I dropped the link to our show. It's menace to sports. If you sh- search it on YouTube and subscribe to our channel, um, really just trying to change college uh, sports media is what we're yeah. trying to do. JB's on the same mission. So we are, our missions align quite often. So we're going to be here all week, four o'clock Eastern standard time for an hour, one o'clock Pacific time for all you California folks and West coast folks. Um, and we're going to be holding it down for coach JB until he gets back. So we appreciate everybody for tuning in. As we say, menace out, menace out.